Good Tidings. Welcome to the Good Tidings radio broadcast. I am your radio pastor and Bible teacher, Dr. David Pinkerton, and I'm joined today by my wife, Dorinda, in the studios of WXAN Radio here in Ava, Illinois. We're grateful that you're tuned in today on 103.9 FM or that you're listening across the globe on www.wxanradio.com. And when the page pulls up, click on Listen Live. We're coming to you today here the 25th day of November already. And folks, we're going to share something with you on a very practical side that's real in our world today, something God has put on our heart. And we're going to look into the subject today of Israel and what's going on with the conflict over in the Middle East with the Arabs. And we're going to take a look at it biblically and historically. So before we do, we're thankful you're tuned in today. Pray your Thanksgiving was good. Now we're looking forward to Christmas, Lord willing, if we're not raptured out before that. So grab your Bible today, open it up to Genesis chapter number 12 and verse number 1. In just a moment, we are going to get into the Word of God. But before we do, let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the airwaves of WXAN Radio and ask now that you'll arrest the attention of every listener to scriptural truths, biblical truths, historical truths, and bring us and help us to be acutely aware of what's going on in the world as we speak right now. No, it's not going on in America. We have our own battles, but this is going on in the Middle East. And help us to take a look at it today, fresh and new, and to see how soon you're about to come and get us. But help us to be in our hearts at peace and help us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And may God's blessing be upon the United States of America and help our leaders to stand true with Israel without any blemish, without any equivocation, and stand true and help us as believers to do the same in Jesus' name. And if someone's lost, they would be saved today. And saints will be strengthened. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, I've asked Dorinda to read for us our text verse today, which is found in Genesis chapter number 12. And verses 1, 2, and 3. Genesis 12, 1, 2, and 3. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will shew thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, And make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Thank you, Dorinda. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Now, I'm going to speak to you today on the conflict that's going on today in Israel and with the Palestinians or the Arab people. So, I'll thank you for your attention today. I want you to realize what's going on biblically and have a sense of what God is fully in control of and how that's impacting our lives and how it should make us be aware of the times we're living. You see, God stands with those who stand with Israel, period. Let me say that again. God stands with those who stand for Israel. We saw that in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. He said, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. In Psalm 122, in verse 6, 
pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Now, I want to be blessed, and I want to prosper, and I'm assuming you do too, and I'm sure you do. I understand the feelings that many people try to avoid the news. Most of the time, it's depressing. Much of it is false, and that's true. It is hard to know what to trust and whom you can trust. Some Christians, some believers, think ignorance is bliss and that they're happier that way. But God clearly disagrees. Why is that? They'll say, what does it matter anyway? It matters, folks. It matters. God's Word, the Bible, is unfolding right before our eyes. Watching the news of war in Israel is observing prophecy being fulfilled. Reading the newspaper is like reading the Bible, almost. The, and God warns us about being willfully ignorant of the truth. So, I'm glad you're listening today, and I want you to stay tuned in for the next few minutes, okay? We've got to recognize what's taking place. Israel, the country of Israel, is smaller than the state of New Jersey. The land on our planet is about 58 million square miles. Israel is about 8,000 miles of that. It's a very small country. Historically, let's look at something. So let's say the earth were made up of 7,000 acres of land. Then Israel would be less than one of those acres. And yet they dominate the news all the time and have throughout my lifetime and Dorinda's lifetime, and I'm 59 years young, in spite of the fact that they've always had so many mortal enemies whose main mission is to wipe them off the face of the earth, and everyone in history who has tried has failed and is dead and is gone, praise the Lord. Pharaoh, he tried. Nebuchadnezzar tried. Herod tried. Hitler tried. Saddam Hussein tried. Osama bin Laden tried. And if Israel were to be destroyed, the Bible and Christianity would fall apart. But it never has, and it never will. And those who are today trying to kill them will fail. Let me say that again. Those who are trying to kill Israel today will fail. I'm talking about people like Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran, who is behind this. And Joe Biden just gave Iran again the other day another $10 billion. He gave them $80 billion within the last two years. And he has literally sponsored this, if you will, or funded this, folks, what's taking place in the Mideast. Iran is behind all of this, trying to wipe out the Jews. This is amazing. It's an amazing thing that's going on. You see, here's what's going on. Israel was attacked on October the 7th by terrorists, Arab terrorists, Hezbollah, Hamas. They hate Israel, and they hate the United States of America. They call Israel Zionists, and they call America the great Satan and infidels. And folks, they would rather kill you and your family than they would to look at you. These are the kind of evil people that have started this war in the country of Israel. Now, folks, we don't pray for Israel so that they'll prevail. Listen to this closely. God will see to it that they survive. 
He will watch over Israel. He neither sleeps nor slumbers, the Bible says about Israel. But he's watching us to see if we will support them and if we will believe and truly stand with Israel and follow his word and his teachings on how we should look to Israel. You see, Father Abraham, he had many sons, and that's where the conflict is to this day, and that's the reason. And you and I are basically one of them, because he's the father of the Israeli people, the Jewish people. Over 5,000 missiles in the first few hours of this war took place. Hundreds dead, more than thousands wounded. We see it daily. Civilians abducted, nearly over a 100 And then they're paraded through streets and through underground tunnels into hospitals and such. The Taliban said, and I quote, we are prepared to help overthrow Jerusalem, end of quote. There's two major combatants in this war. The first one is Israel, almost exclusively Jewish. The vast majority of its people have returned to the area since 1948 when they became a a nation and and a state after the Seven-Day War. The biggest ally of Israel is the United States, and I praise the Lord for that. President Trump did a lot of good things, and one of the best things he ever did was stand with Israel. The second combatant in this war is the Palestinians, and they're primarily Muslim. They were the possessors of this area for centuries before 1948, and their biggest ally, (coughs) excuse me, is the rest of the Arab world, Jordan, Iran, Syria, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and etc. And these are all descendants of Ishmael, the Arab, who Abraham had with Hagar, his mother, out of the will of God. This wild man, Ishmael, whose God called him the wild man, these are his people doing this, Hamas, Hezbollah, the Arabs. It's Hezbollah and Hamas in the news that are fueled by Syria and Iran primarily. Now, there are three particularly important areas I want us to focus on. The West Bank, number one. The West Bank was not part of Israel in 1948. It was ruled by Jordan until 1967 when Israel captured it, and it includes a portion of Jerusalem. Secondly, the Gaza Strip. It was not part of Israel in 1948. It was occupied by Egypt until 1967 when Israel captured it, largely Palestinian-controlled, but with numerous nearby Jewish settlements. Thirdly, the Golan Heights. It was not part of Israel in 1948. It belonged to Syria until 1967 when Israel captured it. So, here's my question. Why are these three areas so important? Number one, they were not part of Israel's original 1948 boundaries or borders. Secondly, Israel occupied the land in a disputed military action. This disputed military action is the Six-Day War of 1967, disputed in in that Israel calls their actions preemptive, while the Palestinians call Israel's actions aggressive. Thirdly, There are still Palestinians living in those areas, which have been, for most of the years since 1967, occupied by Israel. The Palestinians feel they're under foreign occupation, which leads to a situation that breeds resentment and anger. Here's the conflict. 
between Jacob and Ishmael. Jacob, the father, Abraham, the father of the Jews, Abraham's son, the promised covenant, is Jacob. And it was not Ishmael, the Arabs. Although God saved and protected the Arabs through uh, Hagar, that wasn't God's plan. And Abraham got out of the will of God. And this is what the resulting uh, conflict is all about. So how did we get, how did the Middle East get in the mess it is today? Well, let's answer that. Number one, late in the 1800s to the early 1900s, the rise of the Zionist movement. The Zionist movement pushed the idea of restoring a Jewish nation to the Holy Land. And in 1948, the creation of the nation of Israel. Now, toward the end of World War II, the British controlled the Holy Land. They tried to broker an agreement that would create separate Arab and Jewish states out of the Holy Land. The Arabs rejected the proposal. Listen close. The Arabs rejected the proposal. With no political solution possible, the British forces withdrew May the 14th, 1948. The Jews declared Israel a nation, and the Arab forces invaded them. By November 1948, the better-trained Israeli military had prevailed. Israel had, during this war, increased its land holdings by one-half compared to the original British proposal. Israel considers this event a war of independence for the creation of their homeland. Palestinians call this al-Nakba, or the catastrophe, when more than 700,000 Arabs were driven from their homes. In 1967, the Six-Day War, fearing an imminent attack from Egyptian and Syrian forces, Israel struck first. Six days later, Israel had gained control of the occupied uh, Sinai Peninsula or the Ga- and the Gaza Strip, the Golan Heights, and the West Bank, and Jerusalem. Now, in 1979, the Camp David Accords took place. During weak, W-E-A-K, weak negotiations led by Jimmy Carter, President Jimmy Carter, Israel agrees to return control of the Sinai Peninsula to Egypt in return for Egyptians, in return rather for Egypt's recognition of Israel. In 1987, Intifada, this Arab uprising against Israel against Israeli rule in the occupied territories, involved terrorist military activity by the Palestinians, resulting in escalating tensions and more violence. Israel viewed this as Arafat choosing violence over peacemaking. The Palestinians viewed this as an overdue response to 20 years of Israeli building settlements in the occupied terrorists, or the occupied territories, rather. In 1993, the Oslo, the Oslo One Agreement, Israel agrees to withdraw its forces from Arab territories seized during the Six-Day War. Arab states agree to recognize Israel's statehood and their right to security. <clears throat> in 1995, the Oslo II Agreement. Israeli forces were to withdraw from six Arab cities and 400 villages in the West Bank by early 1996, the year our son Brett was born. Both sides blame the other when it doesn't happen. Early 2000s, the second Intifada. More Palestinian violence is met by hardline response by Prime Minister Sharon whose massive stroke took him out of the game. 
Still, suicide bombings happened almost daily for years, and now war is again breaking out on a large scale. Folks, these are Palestinian terrorist groups like Al-Qaeda, but they're focused more so on the Jews and on Israel instead of the America. That's the only difference. Arafat died in 2004, yet evil man, the scripture says, and seducers wax worse and worse. And they are now rising to the scene, these evil men. These Palestinians, folks, this Hamas, these Hezbollah, are evil people. You see, Saddam Hussein is gone, but Iran has nuclear potential. The Antichrist is likely alive and getting ready to come on the scene any day now. Did you hear me? The Antichrist is alive and is likely getting ready to come on the scene any day now. Are you saved? Do you know Christ is your Savior? If not, bow your head and follow me in this simple prayer of faith. Time is ticking. Your eternal destiny is heaven or hell. Depends on what you'll do with Jesus. He died on the cross and shed his blood in your place. He was buried in the tomb and resurrected the third day. He's paid your sin debt. You have no hope. You're a sinner. You must ask him to forgive you because he paid your debt. And God will forgive you when you put your faith and trust only and solely in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Bow with me from the sincerity of your heart. Follow me in this prayer. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save my soul. I'm trusting you and you alone to take me to heaven. Amen. Now let's get back into the message. If you've trusted Christ, this is the second birth. You've been born again. Now let your pastor know. Let a preacher know. Send me an email, drdave13 at gmail.com, and I'll get you some free Christian literature mailed to you after we correspond on steps in a new direction as a new Christian. Be found in a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, soul-winning church where they preach and teach the Bible without apology so you can begin to grow in, your, in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ and be conformed into his image and be able to serve with your gifts. Let's go back to the message. In 2007, Israel formed the Iron Dome and supposedly an impenetrable defense mechanism. But the other day, we saw that it failed because it was overwhelmed. And only the United States and Russia have this capability to overthrow and, and compromise that Iron Dome. But yet it took place. Because Russia's behind Iran, folks. Don't kid yourself. <clears throat> it was their own vision of Pearl Harbor, Israel's. Only when this took place, there was one focused on killing this Hezbollah, Hamas, is focused on killing innocent civilians, women, and children. And they are using hospitals, orphanages as their hiding spots and saying that Israel is bombing these places. Israel is not. They are hiding behind women and children. They are cowards. They are evil. And God is going to deal with them. But that's what's going on in the Middle East. This is the way that terrorists act, folks. They're cowards. They're evil people. You see... Israel has declared war for the first time. Think about this. When Netanyahu recently declared war in early October after they had been attacked, this is the first time in 50 years Israel has proclaimed and declared war because of Hamas 
and Hezbollah terrorists. So, question, why is there so much hatred in the Middle East? Well, number one, the animosity goes back to Abraham in Genesis 16, verses 1 through 4. You see, it matters. When you sin against God and get out of God's will, there's a consequence, and Abraham did that. Instead of trusting God and having uh, the promised baby through Sarah, his wife, Sarah, she also got compromised and sinned against God and said, take my handmaiden Hagar. Abraham should have never done it. And the result of that is Ishmael, the Arab wild man, and now the controversy. So yes, sin has a rippling effect. God will forgive it, but it always has a consequence. Live holy and pure and sober in this present day, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Live close to God. Live godly, folks. So the animosity goes back to Abraham in Genesis 16, 1 through 4. Both sides claim ownership of the same land. Now, this isn't just any land. It's considered holy by the Jews and Christians and Muslims. You see, the Palestinians are rapidly growing in numbers. Think about this. Twenty years ago in Israel, when, when you included all of Jerusalem, the West Bank was made up 51% of the population was Jewish, and the Arab was 49%. Well, these numbers have shifted as Israeli women on the average are having 2.6 children now on average, while Arab women are having 6.1 children. And those stats come from Newsweek. Kids from 20 years ago, folks, are now involved in this fight. And I read a blurb just this morning on how 10-year-old Arab boys are being used and they're using to kill Israelis and Jewish people. The gross domestic product for the Palestinians is $1,680 a person. The gross domestic product for Israel is $18,900 a person. Those stats come from Newsweek as well. You see, this economic inequality obviously exacerbates the problem. There's more reason for them to be fighting now. Both sides think that God is on their side. Now, with the time we got left, listen closely. Why are Christians generally so pro-Israel? Well, number one, we believe God is currently working primarily through the local church, but that Israel plays a key role in end-time prophecy. Read Romans 11, 1 through 2, and verse 25. Read Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 35 through 37. Read Zechariah chapter 8, verse 13. Secondly, we as Christians believe that as part of those end-time events, the Bible speaks of the return of the Jews to their homeland. Jeremiah 23, 7 and 8. Ezekiel 36, 24. Jeremiah 23, 7 through 8. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that they shall no more say, The Lord liveth, which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but the Lord liveth, which brought up, which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country, and from all countries whither I have driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. Ezekiel thirty six twenty four, and that is Israel. God gave them this land. So, because of that, the reestablishment of the nation of Israel in the Holy Land in 1948 was considered by many to be a sign of all signs that were in the latter days and Jesus is coming. The blooming of the fig tree. That's true. Therefore, rumblings in Israel raise expectations that, folks, we may be close to the return of Christ. So the big idea here is this. This is Israel. 
And folks, Christians, you want to be on their side because God is on their side. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jesus Christ, is on the side of Israel. He wants Arabs to be saved. He wants Jews to be saved. He wants Americans to be saved. He wants all to come to the knowledge of the truth and be born again. Christ died for their sins. But I'm telling you, God is on the side of Israel. So some words of caution quickly. Being Listen, being Israel doesn't give you the right to do wrong. Listen closely. Being Israel doesn't give you the right to do wrong. We cannot suspend our ethics and come along with and just go along with everything that Israel does just because they're Israel. No. In the Old Testament, God's blessing upon Israel was given to them when they were dependent upon him and his, their obedience to what he said to do. And he always judged them when they disobeyed him. God will judge Israel, but he is on the side of Israel in this war. You need to know that. And only God knows the timetable of all prophetic uh, details. Matthew chapter 24, 36 through 51. So here's the possibility. Iran is behind this violence and Russia. And they are close to creating nuclear weapons. Russia's their longtime ally of Iran, and they are reluctant to impose sanctions upon Iran. This alignment is predicted in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel, chapters 38 and 39. They're Gog and Magog is what they're called. While some Bible scholars equate this future war with the Battle of Armageddon at the end of the tribulation period, it is more likely the the same as the uh, World War of Revelation, second seal, Revelation 6, 3 and 4, after the church is taken out in Revelation chapter 4. So here's what this means to us. We're running out of time. You want to be on God's side? Psalm 122.6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. God will bless those that bless them. And he, what Dorinda read, Genesis 12, 1 through 3, Abraham is the father of the Jewish nation, the land of Israel. And God said, I'll bless those that bless Abraham or the Jews, and I'll curse them that don't. You better stand with Israel. Joe Biden better stand with Israel. Americans' politicians better stand with Israel. Pray for them, because the judgment of God will fall upon those who do not. Jesus is coming. Are you saved? Are you ready? Be serving. Hand out a gospel tract. Tell someone how to be saved. And get in and serve the Lord with all your heart. Jesus is coming soon. That's what's going on in the Middle East. This has been the Good Tidings radio broadcast. I am your radio pastor and Bible teacher, Dr. David Pinkerton, accompanied by my wife, Dorinda, and we are grateful for you. You keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon. God bless every one of you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. I bring you good tidings. Oh, yes, the day is finally here. Emmanuel, God is with us. Oh, yes, no for unto you is born this day, Savior Christ our Lord. So fear not, fear not, yes, sir. So fear not.